Good morning, everyone. Uh, you're watching Finance and Technology Insights with Brian and Eric. Uh, I'm your co-host, Eric Bjorndorf. Alongside, I have Brian Williams. How's it going, Brian? Very, very good this morning. How about you're you? You're good, doing good. This is episode 26. For the viewers out there who haven't watched this, there's many still, if you can believe it or not. Um, we do a podcast, video cast, YouTube channel, whatever the kids are calling it these days, called Finance and Technology Insights, where Brian represents the finance sector. Uh, I represent, I try to represent the technology sector, although Brian has is a geek in his own right. So uh, we thank talk. you. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, sure. geek, geek is actually not a you know, it's not a, a pejorative anymore. So. No. Um, we do have a YouTube channel. Let me just pop this on the screen. We have, let's see, we have a, a YouTube channel where this content is sourced. Although, you know what I have to add to this is our anchor channel for our podcast. We are available. Uh, Brian strips the, the audio and uh, syndicates it up on the anchor, which pushes it out to your favorite podcast. We do have a Facebook page that we use kind of as our um, community. And, uh, you know, I want to give a little plug to Brian's business, Northshire Consulting. What, what do you have to say about Northshire? Well, we uh, work with individuals and families trying to uh, consolidate. That's a big deal these days as people change jobs. They got accounts all over the place. So figure out what the best home for them is. That's That's been a big area of push. And, uh, you know, Connecticut-based fiduciaries. So, so for those who know what that means, that's a valuable fiduciary. word. Fiduciary don't know what that means they probably should um so yeah that's what we do cool i am the ceo of evernet consulting we're an it uh services company uh helping uh businesses all over the country with their it related needs and if you have any questions feel free to go to our web my website evernetco.com and brian by the way yours is northshireconsulting.com yep all right, so a little how that was housekeeping. What's going on in the world of Brian? Well, uh, back in Connecticut after, you know, I don't, don't really feel right calling them vacations because we always seem to we're working during them. But uh, we spent a couple of weeks at my mother in law's in in late June, and then we came back home for a little bit, and then spent uh, I guess about ten days at my mother's. We went Friday a full week, and then the following Monday, so kind of wrap around couple weekends there so um yeah that that was a lot of fun last show we talked about uh got into the whole fire tower stuff and in the adirondacks which is uh fascinating at least to us so i'm glad you showed some interest in that i had a lot of fun with that with that episode actually did you see megan's um I megan's did, thumb, yeah, thumbnail yeah, thumbnail cool. shoot for us yeah can't mouse over but it's right here yeah very cool so yeah that was, um, that was a lot of fun and, on a, yeah, just following up on that. So I got a, when I was out at, at one of the bookstores, I picked up a book that was, ended up being a little bit different than I thought it was, but it's still a good book nonetheless. And I sort of paired that with a book that I got from the local library. So I was trying to scramble through and read that one and give that back to my mother to return um, and uh, read the other one too. But uh, it really is a fascinating, at least to me, the, you know, the whole idea of the the Adirondacks and the idea of a, the, the public-private partnership, if, if you will, because it's very different than um, than anything else. I mean, you can fit a number of, I've, 
I should, probably should know this, but you could fit like Yellowstone, Grand Canyon National Park, Yosemite. You could fit all of those inside the Adirondacks. I don't think people realize how large oh, wow. it is. And the Adirondacks is larger than the state of Massachusetts. So it's it's an enormous area and there is parts that are protected as forever wild and owned by the state. But you still have people that, that live there and run businesses and send their kids to school and do all that sort of stuff. So there's issues that will never be resolved because you have that constant push pull of trying to make it a home for people to allow them to do the things that they need to do to, you know, grow their businesses and raise a family and enjoy what's there while at the same time protecting it from, um, you know, abuse and, and misuse. So it's, it's fascinating just to see those conversations, um, you know, formed in the late 1800s and, We'll, we'll still be having these same discussions for, you know, till the end of time about the constant push pull of, you know, and even just the changing of the borders over the over the years and, and broadening the boundaries of what's considered the Adirondacks. Um, you know, certain people want to have that the, the boundaries expanded because they want to say their business or their home is in the Adirondacks. Some want to push it in and have it, you know, not be part of the Adirondacks because of all the restrictions that that come with it. So, um, what I, I'm not, I'm not being rude. What I'm trying to do sure. feverishly is find, <laughs> I, I read an article, I think earlier in the spring, I can't find it. Um, but I had no idea, but yeah. Have you ever seen dirty dancing? Yes. So that movie filmed in the eighties was about a family in the fifties that were i'm i i'm guessing jersey or new york um you know uh uh kind of the sit down in the city area um you know summering in a resort in upstate new york which i'm guessing was the adirondacks and apparently it was very popular in the 20th century in the early 20th century for um well-to-do families to do that mm -hmm. So that was representative of a very common thing in the early century. Sure. Uh, families would just go up to these beautiful um, mountain resorts and lake resorts. And I read an article in the spring about how there's like a bunch of these resorts that are just like ghost towns that are just sprinkled in the hills. Have you, yeah. read, have, have you read or seen? Oh, yeah. Anything? So, yeah. And that's really what I, uh, so one of the book I got from the library was Great Camps of the Adirondacks. So, you know, we, most people think of camping as, you know, a tent or even now with, you know, the glamping, but, you know, a lot of people with large homes or large, even compounds at that point were considered camps and, and still are, but yeah, you know, JP Morgan, number of people. And so that, that balance of them trying to build and and do those sort of things at the same time protecting the forever wild um, and then you have people who tried to push regulation and different things for what sounded like good ideas but it was basically well we want to pass this because we want to be able to do this and not let anybody else do that you know um and one of the early interesting characters of the adirondacks was a supposed like preservationist but it was just he was trying to build a railroad straight through that went from new york city to montreal and that was his business interest so he was trying to make everything else but his little lane forever wild to protect his, his business interests so there's a ton of those stories the the great camps and now even even that 
that that's um it's what to do with some of the great camps that have started to deteriorate do they um you know fix them up and restore them or historical properties or do they just let them go is just and just sort of let them go back to the wild so it's a these are fascinating discussions and uh, yeah it was certainly not uncommon for people to vacation you know at that time vacation was still relatively new if you think if you think about right. it you know you went from you know most of what you're doing was survival it was farming it was doing this so the idea of leisure or vacation was uh, was um, pretty new so um yeah it really was very interesting so i'm interested in like that whole era of people building these great camps and the the push pull of forever wild versus trying to get some enjoyment and use out of it i think is fascinating so what i pulled i found the article i pulled it up and now i'm embarrassed it, did i just conflate the cat skills with the adirondacks are those not yeah you, you might have yeah cat skills is, is quite a bit farther you know it's southern new york whereas adirondacks is northern new york but okay so i adder let's just do a little history geographic adirondack mountains north america let's see we'll get a picture here Come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't quite have So that. the Adirondacks north of Albany. So is this, if I'm just mousing around here, but is this effectively the Adirondacks? Yeah, that starts? Yep, that's about it. Yeah. But it doesn't, but it doesn't uh, come down to south of Albany. Oops, hold on. Would this be the Catskill? Uh, no, definitely not south of Albany. So maybe this is the Catskill area here. Yeah. West kill. Okay. Somebody's killing somebody. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. So maybe I conflated the cat skills with, uh, with the Adirondacks. I apologize. No, well, a lot of what you said is, is true. There are a lot of abandoned sites and a lot of abandoning, uh, abandoned ore mining. I mean, there's, there's whole towns that had populations, you know, in the triple digits, which was a big deal that are now completely abandoned and you can't even, it's not like they're even, you know, you'd even drive through them. The roads have been reclaimed, as they say. Um, so, but uh, okay, yeah, there we go. I was right on it. Okay, so so it looks like the cat Catskills are south of all southwest of Albany. Yeah, and uh, the Adirondacks are uh, north of Albany. So, yeah. okay, that's a little geography lesson. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I just thought that that this was, I mean, I guess maybe it, it ties in. I don't know how many resorts are up in the Adirondacks, but this article I, uh, I read, this was December, I guess I read this, that, um, you know, up in the mountains north of, you know, and I guess we'll say around the Albany, New York area, you know, you had those resorts like you'd see in uh, Dirty Dancing that they went to. Um, and, uh, and, and, um, and now look at them, like you see, they have some pictures here. That they're just the, the buildings are still there but they're just there's no commerce there so mm -hmm. they just left them you know yeah um, so anyways thought that that was interesting yeah this so is, are uh, you okay yeah this is just oh, there a, you go there you yeah go. so this gives so this is so when we i'm originally from right here um i think you do see the mouse over when i do this but yeah yep. um yep so right at right at the tip here this this little angle the the sacandaga lake here great sacandaga lake so uh, we went up and, you know, even the story of Lake Placid it, itself, this this tiny little town um, has managed to host two winter games, which is fascinating. Uh, 1932 right. and 1980, I believe. So, wow. um, but yeah, a lot of really interesting story, you know, and then Catskills 
down here, you can see the outline of the mountains down right, there, right, mountains. Right. But um, so yeah, so I was really wrapped up into that and free time reading that sort of stuff, the the push pull. And normally this is displayed as as kind of a blue line. So they, you know, they talk about expanding the blue line, or that's kind of the the slang or whatever, you know. Oh, is that inside the blue line or outside the blue line? Got it, got it. Um, yeah, so it it really is interesting, and the the sheer size of it, most people don't don't fully grasp. Um, yeah, you could fit at least Rhode Island in there, maybe in Delaware. Yeah, Massachusetts, larger than Massachusetts by um, area, right? And uh, where was to the viewers and listeners out there not interested in geography? Hang in there. We're going to talk tech. We're going to talk finance pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. So it says. Uh, uh, it's the largest publicly protected area in the U.S., greater than the size of Yellowstone, Everglades, Glacier, Glacier, Grand Canyon National Park combined. Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, and the uh, predominant, the the main county in here is Hamilton County, which is uh, the least sparsely populated uh, person per square mile county this side of the Mississippi. Hmm. So that'll give you some perspective. Population 10? Not quite, but it's sparse. <laughs> I wonder if that sparsity is due to the area over the mountains, right? I mean, it's hard well, to yeah. populate mountains. Yep. Yeah, it's just livable area and obviously the, the protection of of state land and all that kind of stuff. Many factors. But cool. So when will you go back up to the lake house, you think? I don't know. Probably. Um, so we talked about the fire tower, one of those fire towers that... Um, has been uh, moved and re or put back into place. They're opening that on Labor Day. So um, generally try to stay away from holiday weekend. So maybe Labor Day weekend or maybe the weekend after. We'll try to get up there and check that out. But uh, Nice. Yeah. So this weekend, we, uh, we had a pretty slow weekend. On Friday, we had a friend's birthday party who lives on our street. Um, and In a house on your street, right? Yeah, house on the street. Yeah, they don't live on the street, thankfully. Um, and uh, and then we went to IKEA. Uh, the my youngest, the girls had matching bunk beds. So a couple of years ago, they wanted bunk beds, and then the oldest dropped her bunk bed down. So now she's on on the ground. And then the, the youngest has been making the same request. So um, I, don't, I just had kind of like the uh, one of those moments where like, oh, okay, you no longer want this bed. You want a different bed so uh, we bought a new bed um non-bunk bed at mm -hmm. ikea and then i brought it up you know i came a couple weeks later brought it upstairs and just as i was like um my father who lives with us um you know i said dad help me take the bunk bed off of the kind of the riser frame and we put it down on the ground i said oh geez you know i said <laughs> there's a perfect perfect bed on the ground on, on the ground floor for, for her so mm -hmm. um we didn't end up needing the bed that i bought so nice. which is unfortunate because I paid a hundred dollars to have it shipped because I'm not oh. a big, big fan of taking the drive down to New Haven, mm -hmm. Connecticut for, um, for Ikea, but my wife loves that error. Um, so yeah, so we went to Ikea, I think what did we do? I think that was a Sunday trip we took, um, and returned that and, you know, it does give us something to do a couple, it's an hour down for us. And yeah, did you get some meatballs? We did. Yeah, we actually we actually did, um, which, you know, it's funny. It's like iconic, but it's like iconic bad food. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you've ever had the Ikea yeah. cafeteria before, but you know, it's Ike iconic food, but it's just iconically bad. Like a Mc like a Big Mac or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what we did for the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, not much going on. We got some stuff happening this week that are, that I'll, I'll be excited to uh, share with everybody next week. Oh, a teaser. I love yeah, it. Yeah. A little teaser, a little teaser, a little teaser, but I want to hear what's going on in Northshire consulting. Awesome. Good time to squeeze a drink in, right? You got six seconds to get a drink in. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. So, so it was as much business as usual as, as possible. We only took that, that one Wednesday, we took off to go to Lake Placid and we went up uh, Whiteface in the gondola, which my son was like, he loved it. It's about a 10 minute ride up, um, you know, save down obviously, but uh, tons of fun. Do they have an Alpine slide up there? Uh, they have just about everything. So they, uh, I don't Was know. Is it white case? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. look at that. Cause I want to um, take the girls down an Alpine slide this, this summer. They have, uh, yeah. I mean, they have, a, they have, uh, so we, we ate lunch on the lake, which, which is interesting. The town is Lake Placid, but, but it's, it borders Mirror Lake. So if you're sitting in Lake Placid eating lunch, you're looking out on Mirror Lake probably. But mm -hmm. Lake Placid is actually away from the town a little bit. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we did the gondola ride and um, business wise. Yes. Yeah, so business wise, right, I was sorry. able to No, That's OK. I got the. I'm trying to strengthen our, our, our visuals with supporting no, this uh, is good. visuals. I don't see Lake Placid, though. Where's like. Yeah. So you can zoom in a little bit. Uh, East Lake. Is one of these little lakes like. Is this like a whole resort area down through here? Yeah. Can you zoom in a little bit more? I think. No, these are little ponds. But there's the mountain right there where the pushpin is. Yeah. I'm guessing here. Let's yeah. see. Lake, Lake Placid. So a little bit to the to the east of uh, Saranac Lake. So you see the town of Lake Placid there to the the southeast i am not a uh lake placid google oh yeah so is this lake Pl i guess that is lake placid yes. they just call it that's east lake i guess oh yeah. lake placid there you go yeah um okay yeah lakes everywhere lakes everywhere how, but how, um, i don't know how they get anybody to swim in that lake after that movie uh about the big alligator <laughs> right yeah i know <laughs> um so so we did that on wednesday uh did record a, a couple pieces of content i forget if one was out i guess um i know for sure one was one was last night so let me let me share this this guy's book to give him a when you get your social links on your webpage um on the yeah the i probably i guess i don't have them at the top on the on the header okay there there's your so i did a interview last night with a guy from name's brian gillette he wrote kind of an interesting book not necessarily finance related although he came from the the finance field but uh he wrote a book called epic performance and epic is Kind of an acronym for envision plan iterate collaborate 
and then he has performing performance at the end but uh, really interesting guy he was himself was uh, a bit of an endurance athlete so he's done some uh endurance events himself you know those are considered longer longer than a marathon um so he did uh 205 miles around lake tahoe and some kind of oddball stuff about them but what he did was he spoke to 100 people who were endurance athletes but also you know c-level executives uh, people in the c-suite and just tried to get those parallels and learn the different traits so he went through and interviewed those hundred people and uh, and put together a book so um it was interesting on a lot of different levels because all that stuff crosses over into the investment world or any of the kind of self-help world right um, good summer reading good good stuff like that but uh you know the idea of thinking long term and making you know, small incremental changes every day, you know. Uh, so I thought that really tied in and, and we had a good time. So I'll, we recorded that last night. He's he's in California. So we did it. Uh, a is is this the book? Night. Do I have this right? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. And so the author is Brian Gillette. Yeah. So it comes out in uh, August 16th. That book comes out. So uh, available for pre-order now. But um, I did read a copy of it. It's very good. Um, He's getting more how active. did you connect with him before the book came out? Yeah, so he was just, uh, I don't know if he was listed. It must have been like in a business category or something. So I was just looking through books that would interest me and people I would want to have conversations with. And uh, and that book came up. So I found him on one social media platform. I don't even remember which one or maybe just his email address or um, even as his own own website. So I think he's got epicperformance.com. So I may have just reached out to him through that. Um, so yeah, it's interesting talking to authors. I mean, some of them are like, uh, first time authors and they're still kind of feeling their way. And, uh, this guy was, was really well organized cause he had the website. He had like his, his bio sheet and, uh, you know, synopsis of the book. And he sent me a copy of the front cover and the back cover, the, and the inside the jacket and all that stuff. So, um, he, he was ready to go and it was a really good interview. So. I think there's going to be a lot of parts of that, that I can kind of slice up and and get out uh, to my audience. So again, not really investment related, but I think it fits into the category. That's why my stuff is always 401k and beyond. That gives me the the leeway to go anywhere I want with it. But I think it's something that my audience will enjoy and uh, we'll be able to do some nice snippets there and share it on uh, Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. So nice. I love um, it. I love the work you're doing with the, uh, the book reviews. That's, that's cool. I wish there was, yeah. I could spend maybe some more time on it, but I would have to, I think I would be having to stretch trying to find some, um, authors on, you know, I don't, I don't know how many books there are on, you know, business, I guess I do deal with the realm of business performance, but how do I tie that into, mm -hmm. How do I tie that into the kind of the systems, tools, and processes we use? I know there are a couple, but um, still, I like what you're doing. I think that's a lot of fun. Yes, I, I I did reach out to somebody that that you and I could actually tag team that I think would work pretty well. So we could talk about it now or afterwards. But uh, I, I haven't heard back from the person yet, so maybe you don't want to like call. Yeah, maybe out, not. I was actually I was actually thinking I was like, geez, maybe I should ride maybe I should ride your coattails with the connections you're making and see if the guy wants to do another another uh piece. Because I'm I'm thinking lessons from hundred executives. I mean that might be I might be able to find a uh a tie in to mm. the technology piece. I'm I don't know. Was did you you did you read the book? I did. Yep. 
was there was were any of those lessons used the right systems or tools or processes uh well i think in in you know knowing you and having a conversation with him so he's he's from a little bit of the hr world which i know we've talked a little bit about on on mm -hmm. this show the the you know struggles that of finding people right now and and such a hard thing to do to find the right people um so, so i true. think there's probably a bit of a, a crossover there in terms of um maybe what to look for in people or maybe some of those oddball questions you know sometimes you're on you, you know you're on twitter linkedin and there's like here's a here's a question that microsoft asks all their all their you know, right hires and, and stuff like that so he's probably got some of those we didn't go too much into that hr world but i bet there's probably some some crossover there you could do a, a bit of a you could probably stretch that out but uh, hmm. i don't know you could probably you know if you're perusing amazon and whatever you can probably maybe find some first-time authors and stuff or somebody who's i don't know maybe got a book that doesn't come out for three months so so the first one i did i i reached out to the guy like way early um i was kind of a hail mary because he worked for uh financial times and he's done a lot of media appearances already but i'm like well i'll shoot my shot why not takes 10 seconds to you know email somebody so right. so i did it and he responded he's like uh you know my book's not out yet it doesn't come out for like three months i'm like yeah but content lives forever you know so uh it kind of sold him on the idea and by the time we got around to scheduling it and recording it it was like six months before his book came out anyway um so it worked out fine but um Are yeah you... i like i like talking to it authors and it's a good fit for them because they get to you know get their content out and i think for a lot of these people they're you know they're they're trying to move up the scale in terms of people that they talk to and audiences or something so if you have a first-time author that's like all right i can do an interview with this guy because you know there'll be 10 people watching or whatever and hone my skills so that if i do get called up to the big league somewhere then i'll be ready to go so um, so are you are you posting and again i know that you guys have to navigate an interesting regulatory environment but are you can you not um post any of that on your website uh i haven't done a uh no i could do that i mean i'm my own compliance department so i could kind of decide that as long as i'm not giving any investment advice or anything okay. like that and put away put on the disclosures and stuff like that i mean if i was with a, a bigger firm or a chain or a franchise or something like that they might give me a hard time they probably wouldn't even let me do it to begin with hmm. um, you know they'd probably see it as a waste of time or whatever but um are you because all of your content is just living on your social media, right? Correct. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, um, so you're not traffic, you're not tracking any analytics as to what what traffic you might be driving to your website. Um, not not really, right? not not really. Um, I mean, I know I've I've gotten clients from social media, and I know that it's you know helped me um, solidify re relationships with with people and it keeps me keeps me in front of them and i'll see a lot of um people like my posts or join my groups that are that are clients or prospects and that kind of stuff so keep it's a good way to keep your name in front of people if nothing else um yeah i mean you just i just kind of had a thought out loud um as we were just kind of just a second that because i'm i'm looking at your website right now i don't have it up on the screen but yeah. um I hope you don't mind me using you as a um, guinea pig here, but yeah. I'm thinking this for my, myself too. And you know, it, it seems like there's a there's a disconnect between the content you're producing. All of this content we're producing should be should be an in, inbound vector for our businesses, you know. Right. And um, you know, traditionally there's been the blog, you know, the obligatory blog or newsletter link on everybody's website. But I'm starting to think maybe 
maybe we, you know, I'm thinking for mine anyways, we should, we should not do a blog and we should just call it activity feed or feed. Yeah, you could do that. So if you click on, so you still have my, my website open there. So if you click on blog, um, so I've got some, some articles that I put down, but if you scroll down a little bit, so that one there to the left that, uh, Chantal Sheiks. So if you click on that, um, so that, so that does have the whole YouTube interview. That oh, there I you go. Her. And yeah. then underneath that, we did the, we did the, uh, the you know, I transcribed that and put that into there. So nice. Um, okay. So you, you're doing it. You're doing it. Yep. And then that's one that I also, so I did the audio and put that out on a podcast and stuff like that. So, okay. So you are kind of doing that. Yeah. That's, I mean, it takes a lot of time to do that. And, um, well, it'd be nice to have a plug in here that would just like feed, you know, drop in whatever. Yeah. You can do that. I had, uh, you know, you can, you know, obviously put an RSS feed in there and then have your, your, you, all your YouTube videos just kind of come up chronologically, or you can have your, um, podcast displayed on your website and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that people aren't probably going to sit at your website and watch this. You want, you prefer to, I think, have them go to YouTube and watch it and kind of explore there. I don't know. Well, you do. I know, but the, 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 the content should be, yeah, they, they're finding it there, but then you want them, you know, the content there will, will drive them. You know, you obviously have links to your webpage and stuff, which will drive them there. Just thinking like, if you're already here at the website, you want to see all that content too. So you almost kind of want to do this like cross drive, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and I'm just, I'm just thinking, this is something I've been contemplating for my, for my website. Yeah. And I do, I do my email newsletter too. And usually that's got, um, so I did one last week and I think that had links to, you know, the, the book reviews that I've done or summer reading or, um, things like that. So there's always a million more things you can do, right? It's just a matter of what fits in time-wise and the process and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, right. I mean, I think ideally, you know, if I did half an hour of content with somebody, we'd do the transcription, we'd do the blog, we'd do the, you know, the LinkedIn, Twitter, the group, everything, and then kind of slice it up. Uh, I like doing the transcription because you can actually... Adobe Premiere Pro will do the transcription. It's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's 98% of the way there. But then you can you can jump to uh, to where you're speaking. So it, it, you know, separates the speakers. So I could go question by question and slice those up into individual pieces if I wanted to. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, most people who are doing the books or doing the um, these interview kind of things, usually they're talking probably at least 75% of the time. So in a half an hour, you maybe ask 10 or 12 questions. So, you know, slicing up something that's around three minutes or, or less will work well on the other platforms too. So, um, you know, and just, just finding the time and getting it out there. The, the, I think the most important thing is on a lot of those, it's not necessarily that timely. So if I go through and slice up something that I did last November and get it out there for the book, for somebody's book, it's still relevant. It's still, you know, a good read. It's all that kind of stuff. So, and the other thing is too, you want to be careful that your clients aren't thinking with, you know, this guy's supposed to be managing my money and all he's doing is interviewing authors. You know, you don't, you don't want people to say that either. So you have to, you have to be careful of 
all this guy's doing is so on social media all day and he's not right. you know well the market's falling apart and <laughs> i'm down 20 percent this year and this and this guy is out doing interviews and so you got to be careful of that too especially from the old timers you know because right. they're very siloed about you know they don't realize that people can do different things and you know before hours or after hours on the weekend so all that my, stuff right my problem is exactly that like i i have a lot more content that i that i want to produce and put out mm -hmm. um but uh it, running the business is takes a lot of time well speaking of your business let's find out what's happening in your world <music> Yeah, so that basically uh, that's what, what I've been. I got to turn off Teams because I'm starting to get a <laughs> series of inquiries. There we go. Bye, guys and gals. Um, yeah, so I've been building out the marketing team, and uh, we just hired a real superstar web developer, which I'm really excited okay. about. Um, which we were much needed. Um, we hired, uh, did I tell you last week, I hired a couple um, writers, creative writers yes. and researchers. Yeah. So those, you know, the team is kind of like coalescing. We've had this, we've had a team, but like we've had a couple characters kind of add drop over the, over the years. Um, but it's, I've, you know, I've spent 15 years building the service side of my business and the cream has really risen to the top over there. And so, you know, the accounts team, the account management, the service delivery side, the business administration, you know, that's a lot, you know, things may change or whatever, but like my, zero turnover in the last seven years, I think. And this, mm -hmm. everybody's operating at a high level. Uh, the last team that I've been building is the sales and marketing team. And so I'm just kind of like at, I'm, I'm kind of like on year three or year two, you know what I mean? Uh, of that effort. So, um, you know, ha we're, we're really starting to get some strong players and I'm really excited, um, because, uh, it's all, all of the stuff that we're talking about, um, websites and blogging and content, it really does require a team. It's so, I mean, you're doing it all on your own right now, but it, it's a lot. It is, it is a lot. And there's, uh, there's always more you can be doing and, um, you know, I have a lot of video that I want to produce. We have, we have lists of things that I want to produce, right. but it's, it's time consuming and I'm still, you know, I'm still the HR manager. You know what I mean? I'm still, I'm still the, um, sales executive. I'm still the account executive. So, um, you know, I'm still the CTO. I, I'm, 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 I'm the only person in the, in the C-suite over here. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, like I said, I'm really lucky that like the, most of the business is running, uh, is running optimally with with very little input from me at this point um but the sale building out of sales and marketing um now that now my phone's blown up let me just put <laughs> this on there we go um so yeah just building out a um and and it, i've been calling it sales and marketing but i can almost see that sales and marketing become kind of quickly their own teams mm. uh for obvious reasons but they you know they're just they're, you need to overlap so many of the stakeholders even to the service delivery if you're if you're changing something on marketing sales sales kind of informs marketing but service informs sales and like everybody's gotta everybody's gotta talk of course everybody wants to be in a you know in a silo oh we don't deal with that you know so <laughs> um so anyways that's what i've been working on um so some there will be uh, some new and exciting things coming out of 
coming out of our marketing function pretty soon. So another teaser, I another teaser. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's um it's coming. There's there's some fun stuff that that are com that's coming. So that's what I've been working on. Um, and you guys survived the heat wave, all right? Yeah, I I don't want to be insensitive, but my office is in is in my basement. Um, which stays a cool 63 degrees, I think all year round, which is nice. like both a blessing and a curse. Um, I have like wool slippers under my desk that I, I can embarrass myself with. Um, and you know, I'm down here in the cave for much of my day. And then I come out, uh, somewhere around the mid afternoon and, um, yeah, so we we're surviving and, and it's, um, yeah, we're, we're doing good. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, were up north, so we missed a good portion of it. Not that it wasn't warm, but I mean, you guys hit triple digits, right? You were, did you hit a hundred or not? I don't remember hearing a hundred, okay. but okay. definitely like humid, hot nineties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we did. Okay. I mean, at, at our little camp, we have a tiny air, you know, bedroom air conditioner, which we'll turn on for like half an hour before we go to bed, but, and then, you know, shut the door. And, but um, yeah, for the most part, we were fine. Nice. Got to swim in the lake a little bit and do some canoe time and stuff. So we we survived that. When we got home, it was you know took a while to cool the house down because we had it off for a couple of weeks. But right, um, yeah, not bad. Last night was pretty cool. So we opened up all the windows, so we're back to normal. My yeah. office is the opposite of yours. I'm I'm at home, but I'm above the garage, so it's the rug. Yeah, right. So I'm I am I'm at the end of the line from an air conditioning standpoint. So not much trickles down here. Uh, and then the, you got some, you know, add some lights and some cars. computers and things to that. It, yeah, it's pretty toasty. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. does that flip in the in the winter? Then does it stay? Does it get cold? Uh, no, it usually stays stays pretty warm. Actually, yeah. Um, I would prefer it a little bit cooler anyway. Um, you know, so I don't I don't mind it so much in the winter, and I keep it pretty cool here. If I'm home during by during the winter, I'm well, I'm mostly by myself anyway. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll sometimes go down to the basement and I'll do, you know, just take my laptop down there in the summer because it's just a little bit cooler. Uh, nice. But uh, don't I'm going to cut you off only because I want to move into the news. We've been kind of yeah, through the news and I, I want to be able to loiter on the news. Remember to, you remember to play the clip, which I forgot to do last week. I'm, so I'm getting good at the clips. I just, we, we need to, yeah, the, 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 the segues we got to work on, but those are, <laughs> you know, what would be nice is if there was like a timer that would just keep us on task throughout the yeah. show. That yeah. would be like, we're, we're like, you know, and then we do it. But anyways, yeah, we've been wanting to talk about some of the news stuff and I just wanted to make sure we, we went, uh, we were a little lean on the, on the news basketball week. So mm -hmm. What is going on in the news? Anything? What did we want to cover that we didn't cover? Do you remember? Oh gosh, I I know we should have said that last time when we got off. Oh, we should have went into this. Should have gone into that. Um, okay. Don't know. Uh, we can take a gander at what we've. What so we've... I posted this. The the, the NFL um, on CNBC yes. uh, just announced the NFL is coming out with their own streaming service. So death by a thousand streaming services, of course. Mm -hmm um i don't know are you you're you're baseball for sure but are you like football or just yeah a, new york giants way? fan my wife is a steelers fan so usually we'll get the games here you know living in connecticut getting getting the giants and then steelers have been good plus they have a national audience so when you factor in 
you know, the four o'clock game, Sunday night game, Monday night, Thursday, we get a lot of Steelers games. So, so we're okay with that. Um, but this NFL package, it's only for mobile devices. So there's no, Oh, you did the research. Okay. Yeah. So there's no, there's no Roku app or, or Apple TV app yet, but obviously they could flip that switch at any point. So, uh, and is this, this the last year for the direct TV deal? Uh, it sounds like direct TV is gonna, is what do they have? Sunday, Sunday game pass or something. Yeah. They have the Sunday NFL ticket, which lets you see all the out of market games. Okay. Um, um yeah they talked about um so it's not um it's it's not what we all want (laughs) which is all the games we want on our streaming uh tv devices Mm -hmm. but it could be potentially a um a thing you know something you know a thing to come um you know if they have the infrastructure although i feel like they've had the infrastructure with an nfl app for a while so i don't know i mean it's it seems like they're going towards this monthly, th- this monthly streaming service, but it just keeps falling short. You you pointed out that it's mobile only, but will it not come to streaming? I don't know. Um, did they say it's? I mean, I'm sure it's going to come to set top boxes, but the content will be restricted, right? Yeah. Even even the NFL app, I think, was on all of the streaming devices. Right. Yeah. So you could see like some of their shows or some highlights and. And stuff but not the actual games live so nfl according to the cnbc article nfl plus marks the first time the nfl has operated its own streaming service giving the the league a new uh future platform to potentially show exclusive games mlb and nba already sell subscriptions to their own streaming services that include out of market games mm-hmm. uh, nfl will include live mobile that's right because uh verizon and yahoo i think previously had the mobile rights so right. the the mobile the games will be coming to mobile it looks like um so yeah i'm just going to renew to anybody working at the nfl watching this uh podcast i'm just going to renew my comment that i i it completely baffles me i couldn't imagine the making a my our product so hard to uh consume Mm-hmm. Um, it just would be nice to pay, like set the price. You know what I mean? Like there's gotta right. be a, there's gotta be a price where I can just watch all the games I want or the team team games I want. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the price? Is it $500, right. $500 a month or $500 a year? Like what's the I know. And it really is a back of the napkin calculation. I mean, you know what they get from the, from the direct TV contract. They know how many subscribers direct TV has, and chances are they're almost all at this point because of that. So you just say, okay, we need that number plus, you know, an inflation rate. And so how many people do we need to subscribe to the NFL app? And they know they'll get that number, you know, and then just price it accordingly. Well, if we think, you know, 75% of the DirecTV subscribers will buy this NFL app, plus we'll get, you know, fill in, what do we need to charge monthly? It's not that difficult, but yeah, I I mean, I think a couple of things are play there. They had these long-term contracts, which they couldn't get out of. Um, And I think it's just kind of an old timey, thinking kind of the the idea of a bird in the hand right i mean if you're an owner you say listen we can sign this deal with direct tv and we'll get however many billions and we know we have it versus drawing a line through that and saying okay now we've need now we need to sell subscriptions you know now we need to 
do whatever we need to do to get to that number. So maybe that scares some of the owners a little bit. I mean, but I mean, that's even a bad way of thinking. Simplest level, like with the with the blackouts. What mm-hmm. what is the ticket cost? The cheapest ticket to to a game at the stadium, one hundred and thirty dollars, I think these days, some mm-hmm. something like that. So and there's only sixteen games. So rounding down, you got sixteen hundred dollars worth of uh, you know a season, for example. It's like even if you charged sixteen hundred dollars a year <laughs> right there like at least make that an option you know what i mean at right. least if it's like you know what i just want to catch the season i just i'm not going to go to any games i want to catch the season um and then just feed that back to your rights holders so that you know whatever but i just i just can't believe like they're they're like making and you're right i mean the, the there's legacy contracts and things and incentives and of course I'm, I'm i'm not even a fly in the room and when these deals are going down and they're worth billions of dollars i realize but just again i'm make, making your product so difficult to get a hold of is just baffles me i know and a lot of people like to beat up on on major league baseball but they've been they've actually done a fairly decent job i think of all the major sports making their out of market games available i mean i've had the mlb extra innings package or uh, MLB TV, it's now called for for years, so it's not hasn't been a problem at all. And you used to be able to buy that through the cable company, so they'd be a reseller of it um, before you could really stream as much. So you could buy out of market games on there. So give some credit to Major League Baseball; they've been out in front on this. Right. Uh, let's see. You want to talk about Army testing electric Humvees? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather talk about that than. Uh, Elon Musk and uh, the founder of Google, his wife, having an affair. Oh, okay. I didn't post that one. I did. You? Post <laughs> I know. It? I know. Neither did I. Neither did I. But uh, I, I, it's still it's still speculative, right? It's yes. Not, I don't. It, I don't know if that's confirmed. So yeah. I saw a couple articles about the electrification of um, the military. Who I think it was a YouTube video. Somebody, some YouTuber, did a video on whether tanks will go electric or not um this article from the washington times the army tests electric humvee for future future battle use um what do you think about that well i think it you know military has historically been kind of a leader in in not this space but leader in technology you know just like uh you know nasa a lot of the technologies we have come from military research or space research so they can be leaders in the space i think that's great if it can save taxpayer money and all that i think it's it's kind of weird to think about military and saving the planet and you know (laughs) wars and that kind of stuff it is such a weird weird sort of thing to think about if you get into it deep but um yeah there's no reason that we shouldn't be um as electrified as we can on the military side yeah so you 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 set you you hit the point that i wanted to touch uh, touch on like the military is not going electric for the sake of the climate um this this article cites in our uh, quote secretary of defense lloyd austin has called climate change an existential threat uh and is vital for the pentagon to respond to the challenge today no nation can find lasting security without addressing the climate change Okay, so first of all, like I have so many colorful words to use in response to this. The military literally, like, do you know what a burn pit is? No. Army burn pit Iraq. Okay, so like if you go to, if you, um, 
I mean, there's just a whole. So apparently, the 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 military, United States military, whenever they're on, you know, a theater of war, um, and and I read some articles on this. I'm not sure if I'm seeing this or not, but so apparently, like in Iraq, for example, there was just this like they didn't have a dump or anything, but they just had a chron a constant burning. They had a burn pit. It was literally just a a dump sized fire that they would just dump machinery ordinance oil and they just kept this thing burning and they yeah there was no there was no trash services so the united states military doesn't you know i don't want to say this because people can change you know but like let's let's just say the, the united states military has not been a uh a seasoned uh, protector of the climate. I mean, we have, I think, 12 aircraft carriers. The next largest army, I, I think, is China or France with two. Um, and, you know, not exactly green going for the for the military. So this is what they this is what the um, the EV industry calls greenwashing. Right. Um, but what is interesting, though, is. The military is not going to go green or electric because to save the planet. But what they will do is they will use a superior product when it becomes available. And, and to your point, um, invest in new technologies. Um, EV cars are not the highest in demand right now because they're new technology or they're fancy. They're better in every way, almost every way, um, mm -hmm. than internal combustion. They're smoother rides. They're faster. They're more acceleration. They're more reliable. Um, they're simpler. I mean, they're just better in every way. And that's what's called a disruptive technology. I mean, in sure. order, to have, in order, you know, in order to have what's called a disruptive technology, it just can't be better in one way. It's got to be better in every way. So that's why the the Pentagon will will move to the electrification. I mean, think of it like russia if you've followed the russia russian ukrainian conflict you know one of the ways that russia was being hamstrung by the ukrainians was simply just just banging up their, their own roads which was stopping russia's fuel trucks from getting to their to their tanks and their trucks That's right so if you can you know if you have an electrified fleet and a robust um you know infrastructure for re, you know, for charging. I mean, I, I don't know how much downtime a tank tank has out in the field where it's just kind of posturing uh, or you know taking cover under some canopy or whatever. But during that time, they might be able to just be able to recharge the batteries and not wait around for the gas truck. You know what I mean? Right. Now, and then the reliability. Oh, and then the other thing too is the heat signature. You know, tanks yes. give off a significant heat signature because they're driven by um, jet engines. Mm -hmm. um so it's just they're gonna go electric because it's better in every way and i'm not right. being i'm not being an ev fanboy for any other reason that they're just, it's just better i mean it's it's not just a climate implication but well there was, and yeah and just from a you know this is probably a podcast for a whole nother day but i mean where does our oil come from and who are we fighting you know the the irony oh, yeah. of of purchasing your fuel from people who could be perceived as your enemies is is not a very good military strategy no it's not that's that was a, that's a very good point i and yeah i'm watching the conflict unfold in in europe and you know the sanction it, i was just trying to come up with a metaphor or something with the sanctions that they're putting on russia but like their major export is their oil and their 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 energy so it's like 
Yeah. No wonder they're disincentivized from doing you know anything because it's like they're still we're still bankrolling them. You know what I mean? Right, right. And the and the scary part is a lot of the, the I guess the the counterbalance to that article is a lot of the resources we need to build batteries and and go this route are not located in the U.S. either. So we could ultimately end up in a similar position because uh, a lot of those natural resources aren't within our borders. So. That's true. There's the House Commerce Committee or something up in the Fed is is like day by day right now trying to ram a $52 billion um, chips bill through to try to incentivize um, chip making companies to put their manufacturing, uh, reshore their, their chip manufacturing. Right. Because most of the chip manu- chips we get come out of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, I don't, a hostile, you know, China ha- is posturing quite hot, you know, in a hostile manner towards Taiwan's independence. And, you know, it's like, it seems like a matter of just days or months between before China just renationalizes Taiwan. And like, that could be, that could be a big problem. Yeah. Definitely. And I don't know so much if it's uh, two issues, obviously the manufacturing, but the, also the, the raw materials themselves. Um, I don't know if they're, if they are anywhere within our borders or if we know that yet, but um, we're going to have to find a way to get them from somewhere or be more efficient and, and recycle the ones we have if possible. True. Very true. All right. We only have a couple minutes. I don't know if we want to get into the Chaco Taco um, <laughs> death, but you know, we were at a party Friday and uh, they hired a an ice cream truck to come to the party. And it was kind of like all you can eat ice cream for half an hour or something. I saw a number of Chaco tacos uh, in people's hands. So I was kind of surprised to read this this morning. Yeah. So I didn't see that article. So we've got a couple minutes. You'll have to fill me in on that. Yeah, it looks like Klondike is Klondike, the maker of the Choco Taco. Is it Choco Taco? Choco Taco? Choco Taco? I don't know. I never could get that right. But um, looks like they're they're seeing a huge spike in demand across their portfolio, uh, making availability hard. So it's like, hey, guys, we can't do it all, it sounds like. So they had to cut somebody and they went with a Choco Taco. Oh, man. Amazing to see some some things iconic just go go away, you know. Yeah, that's too bad. I I thought when I first saw the headline there, I thought it had to do with some um, I don't know somebody viewed it as insensitive or or something like that. Um, but I'm glad that that's not the case. So yeah, but that's too bad. Right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good product. I mean, I'm surprised too because I feel like tacos have never been more popular in the zeitgeist. You know. Yeah, it's a great unifier among us. I think. Well, everybody loves Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. I know. Taco Tuesday. I don't know. Yeah, we were a uh, totally different conversation, but we were talking about like uh, like bomb pops, and even if that's still an appropriate name, because I love those, you know, the red, white, and blue pops. Even if that's uh, if there might be a name change in the works on that, if people are still comfortable with that bomb pops, right, right, right. Am I, you know, that I, should I reconsider my um my facebook groups that i'm helping curate remember i i, I don't know oh, yeah those are remember. those are those are the bomb right those are the bomb right if you if you haven't yet checked out i have these um these bomb groups which are um, owners and managers business owners and managers are bomb groups if you haven't if you haven't found those yet check them out 
but yeah, maybe hopefully that doesn't go out of style and I have to reconceptualize our bomb groups. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the bomb pops is B O M B. That's the official. Oh, it is an actual bomb, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yours are just B O M's. So, all right. So you're, we're, we're, we're going to wrap this up because we have a hard 60 minute ceiling here that we set for ourselves. You're watching finance and technology insights with Brian and Eric. We have a YouTube channel, a Facebook group. Brian's with Northshire Consulting. I'm with Evernet Consulting. Um, we record every Tuesday morning and we publish hopefully same day. If you haven't already given us a like and subscribe, do so now. Uh, we are also on your favorite podcast as well. Um, if you want to troll us, please do so in the comments. We'd love to hear uh, your your deepest inner thoughts on our I'd love uh, it. On our that's, conversation that's a sign you've made it right when you start yeah. to get some once trolls. you get trolled you know you made it yeah so anything right. else brian for the good of the nope. order i think that's it so all right my we'll friend I, I enjoy this very much we'll see you next week